Welcome to the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. Imagine being able to earn passive income, build long-term wealth, while gaining total freedom from your business or job. That's what lifestyle investing is all about. I'm your host, Justin Donald, and in less than two years, my investments drove enough passive income for both my wife and me to quit our jobs. And now, I want to show you how to do the same. I want to teach you how to create wealth without creating a job. You'll learn the exact same investment strategies I use to multiply my net worth to over eight figures all before the age of 40. If you want to learn all about low-risk cash flow investing, achieve financial freedom, and live the life you truly desire, this podcast is going to show you exactly how to do it. Entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. It requires a relentless drive to succeed, which can take a toll on both your mental and physical health. But what if you didn't have to sacrifice your health in order to succeed? Even better, what if there was a way to supercharge your stamina and optimize your health for peak performance and longevity? Wouldn't that allow you to show up better for your business, for your family, and for every other area of your life? In this episode, I'm speaking with the peptide expert, Dr. Reagan Archibald, one of the leading peptide specialists and functional medicine practitioners in the country. As founder of East West Health, an award-winning clinic for peptide therapy, Dr. Reagan has helped countless patients achieve optimal health and vitality. In this episode, you'll learn exactly what peptides do and what makes them so important. Imagine mental clarity, better sleep, more focus, higher productivity, reduced risk of getting sick, and much, much more. You'll learn proven strategies to optimize your health for peak performance and longevity, And Dr. Reagan shares his best tips for using peptides to supercharge your mental and physical stamina. One more thing before we get to today's interview. Dr. Reagan has a bunch of gifts for Lifestyle Investor podcast listeners. He's giving away a digital copy of his book, The Peptide Blueprint, Achieving Optimal Health and Performance at Any Age. You're also going to get his Fitness 50 at Age 100 tool. It's worth noting that this is something he collaborated on with Dan Sullivan of Strategic Coach, which answers the question, what do I need to be doing at age 100 that a fit 50-year-old can do? And if you're familiar with Dan, not only is he an incredibly successful entrepreneur, but he works directly with Reagan and is improving his health every year so he can fulfill his goal of living to 156. Now, if you're under the age of 50, don't worry, Reagan's still got you covered. You're also going to get the Fitness 25 at Age 50 tool. Both of these tools will assess your current health, give you a score, and provide you with 11 essential exercises to optimize your health. To get access to this gift, visit lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash 131. Thanks for listening, and without further delay, my conversation with Reagan Archibald. What's up, Reagan? Good to have you on the show. Nice to be here, Justin. Yeah, this is fun. So we've had a chance to talk about all kinds of stuff. We share many mutual friends. In fact, we originally were connected through Mike Koenigs, and he has worked with both of us. And we also were speaking at the same event, same venue, two different days, which was really cool over at Wizard Academy, for those that uh, are familiar with that. 
venue and that we can call it a, a university or an educational resource. And you have just done some really cool things in the world. And I'd love to be able to share your story. So take us back to the beginning. How did you even get into like health and wellness and biohacking and all the cool stuff that you're up to? The biggest motivator for me, Justin, was uh, I didn't want to be a farmer when I grew up. I grew up on a cattle ranch in Idaho, and the winters are cold. The wind blows hard. We would run our cattle near Driggs, Idaho, and close to Jackson Hole. And so some of the driest winters, but your nose would stick together. And, and I had an uncle who was a doctor, and I said, I want to be like Lester J. He had weekends off. His hands were soft. He seemed happy. And so that's really how I kind of chose my path in medicine. But it wasn't until I was studying my, my pre-medical work at the University of Utah I had five doctors misdiagnose me with Hashimoto's. And so it wasn't until I went to a naturopathic doctor who was also an acupuncturist who ran my labs and he actually ordered autoimmune markers. Thyroid peroxidase antibodies was the one that we looked at and mine were off the charts. And so he said, oh, you've got an autoimmune condition. And so I ended up changing my whole trajectory instead of studying just conventional medicine I went to a school in Hawaii and uh, studied integrated medicine there and learned both Eastern and Western medicine from some of the world's leading physicians and uh, started my practice, which is called East West Health 20 years ago. And since then, I've always been curious and fascinated with biology and healthcare. And, and my big focus has been all 100% on longevity. Oh, I love it. Well, going to school in Hawaii probably didn't suck. So good choice there. Curious. <laughs> so how long did you live in Hawaii? Was it just for school? Did you stay there longer? Just four years on the okay. big island. And it was it was perfect. I was island. I had island fever by the end. My daughter was just born. And so we wanted to be closer to family. But it's a great place to be dead broke. You could live off avocados. I must have eaten 20 eggs a day because I lived on a chicken farm. And so that was part of how we did a rent exchange is I built a coffee shack for them and I made it livable. And then they would give me eggs and we had avocados, mangoes. I mean, it was great. It was a really fun time of life. I, I looked I look back to it with fondness, but when it came time for the rubber to meet the road, I, I wanted to come back to Utah. The mountains are, are my home. That's awesome. And I know you do a lot of outdoor stuff. I mean, I was just on your show. We talked about how you and your wife go hiking and you like to mountain bike and your dad. So your dad still mountain bikes, but in younger years, it sounds like you guys really got after it, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's cool. I love it. Yeah, it's a passion of mine. I mean, one of the big reasons I love studying health is because my body's my own laboratory. And so same same with you, you know, financing, you do all your own deals first and then you share it with other people. Every year I do 365 day challenge. And so I've been doing that for almost a decade. Wow. So one year I did uh, every day I'll do ice baths for a year, for example. So on my birthday, May 20th, every year I reset it and I say, what's my new challenge? And then I'll do some crazy challenge. And uh, it's been very rewarding to see what can happen from a biological perspective when you stick to something consistently for a year. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. So what are some of these other tests that you've done on yourself? This sounds fantastic. <laughs> well, they're all based around fitness because I want a mountain bike. And I was telling you, like when I'm in my 80s, 90s, 150, however old I am, 
I don't want to leave behind all the things that I love, which is mountain biking, which is hiking, which is skiing, snowboarding, anything that creates adrenaline. I, I have a dirt bike that I ride all over the mountains of Midway. So anything I do is going to help facilitate greater levels of physical fitness and mental fitness. So one of my challenges that actually I, I really enjoyed was working out twice a day. So I'd work out in the morning and I would do some type of full body workout. Maybe it was a CrossFit uh, wad or I'd do something else. And then at night I'd work out again, but it wouldn't be as high intensity. But I learned that my body actually did really well if I could get outside twice a day and move my body in a way that induced a sweat. And so that's something that I've stuck with. The challenge I'm doing right now that I'm coming, uh, I've got about one more month left of my 365 days is 25 enjoyable miles per week. And so all that means is I have my Apple watch and I just make sure that every week I'm spending at least 25 miles of doing something that I really love doing, whether that's this year, it's been skiing our, our snow in Utah. We broke our all time record of snowfall, 800 inches in Altus wow. is no small feat. And so most of my miles have been on the ski slopes or cross-country skiing. I took that up this year. A lot of it is just walking the dogs with my wife at night, having checking in on the day. I mountain biked in St. George last weekend, which was really fun because it's actually spring down there, even though it's April at the time of this recording. So yeah, those are some of the challenges that, that I've done that it keeps physical fitness kind of at the forefront, but also our brains love challenge and our brains love novelty. And so in health, you can get pretty monotonous and it's not good for your body and it's not good for your brain. So I try to shift it up every year. Oh, that's good. And you had shared a stat with me that I thought was really powerful, kind of measuring how many hours someone works out a week and kind of their mm -hmm. overall level of enjoyment or even the connection to like wealth. And I'd love for you to share that. Uh, I think it's powerful. I believe you're referring to the longevity study. Yes. It's one of the largest cohorts, 128,000 people. And they followed this group for over 30 years. And they, they just had the participants fill in what lifestyle uh, they had, like how physically fit or how physically active are you? Did you, you know, what was your nutrition like? And some people ate really well, some didn't, some drank, some smoked. And what the cornerstone of the study, what they found is that it was the people who were exercising 300 minutes a week of moderate intensity or 600 minutes a week of mild intensity lived 27 to 31% longer than people who didn't. So there's literally nothing that you can do that circumvents a sedentary lifestyle. Wow, that's just powerful. And by the way, I really believe that how financially successful you are has a lot to do with your capacity, your physical ability, your physical capacity, your mental capacity. And so I feel like like what I have experienced and what I've talked to many other successful and wealthy individuals about is that when their body is right, when their mind is right, then it opens up all these other doors and all these other facets for them on the entrepreneurial side or on the wealth creation side, on the cash flow side. So it's it's pretty powerful. Like that study is incredible. So you got into this whole idea of longevity. What what I'm really curious about is you decided to go in a different route than many people who want to have the type of impact that you are having, right? So a lot of people kind of go the conventional 
route, maybe like medical doctor, lots of years of school, lots of debt coming out of residency and however many postgraduate degrees, you went a totally different path. And I'd love to hear like how you came to that realization and then how you just kind of singled in on just this love and this passion for longevity. Well, yes. And I I had a lot of years of schooling under my belt, but the nice thing about it is I always had the philosophy, kind of three things. First philosophy was when health improves, everything improves. And if you've never had a a sickness, actually every human on here has had a day where they felt like crap. But if you've had a chronic injury or a chronic illness, it's a whole nother level where life just, you know, when I had my autoimmune condition, And all the doctors were telling me was, hey, uh, you're just stressed. Take fewer classes. I'm like, no, I actually would work sun up to sundown. I was uh, slave labor growing. This was was easy. Uh, School was always pretty easy for me. And um, I said, something else is wrong. But I knew when my health would improve, everything would improve. So I recognized that when the body is broken, it can be fixed. And medicine these days, the conventional medicine that was offered to me at the time was here's a drug to suppress a symptom. And that's what's happened in our society today is where we want instant gratification. We want the quick fix. If it's something that we have to work towards, then we're kind of rolling our eyes at it. And we're like, oh, it must not be real medicine because I actually have to make lifestyle changes. Well, I can tell you real medicine is the exact opposite. Real medicine is when you can create an environment where the body can heal itself. So that was one of the big under underlying you know philosophies that I've got. The second one was, I believe that no death by neglect. And so with my own journey, I started to see that all of these aspects of my health were being neglected by the physicians at the time that that I was seeing. And these were my mentors. These were these were um, the professors in medical school that were going to be working with me. And I, I suddenly realized, I'm like, they can't help me. And if they can't help me, that's a problem because who's going to be able to train me and mentor me in a way that I can help the thousands or hundreds of thousands of people I'd be serving. So I made the realization I'm never going to leave any stone unturned when a patient came to me. I'm going to dive deeper with uh, better testing. So at the school I went to, it was founded by Earl Bakken, who's the inventor of the pacemaker. And he always uh, would say, hey, medicine's about 25 years behind the research. I don't want anyone who graduates uh, from this school to be that far behind the research. So you've got to stay up on it. And so that's one of the reasons why I adopted peptides so quickly, because not only have they been studied for over 100 years, insulin was the first peptide ever sequenced, but it's got very hard science behind it and data to back it up. And it's got a time horizon that I'm confident with. But the only problem is a lot of these peptides are structures that haven't been, they're not very stable in, uh, you know, at room temperature. And so a lot of the pharmaceutical companies have bypassed them because they're injectables. And so, but we've been able to adopt them very quickly and bring peptides over the last decade. My, my clinic right now is probably the top 1% prescriber of peptides because we see they have low toxicity. Um, they optimize health in ways that I've never imagined, but they do it in a way that doesn't carry a bunch of side effects if, if you do them properly. So let's break this down a little bit. So what is a peptide 
And how would someone know if they're a good candidate for taking peptides? So peptides are strings of amino acids. So if you think of nature, nature is all protein. So our bodies are folded proteins. And these proteins have these, these peptide, these amino acid bonds. And when you break a bond, that's what creates energy. And that creates a, an expression from a cellular level. So, so we can use peptides that turn on the DNA for mTOR or for AMPK, which are two longevity pathways. We can use peptides that help stabilize blood sugar. One of the most popular peptides that we're using right now is a peptide for weight loss called trizepatide or semaglutide. And these are what are known as GLP-1 agonists. So, so all peptides do is they go into your body and they remind your body how to produce the signal that gets lost over time. So just like uh, growth hormone by the age of 50, our growth hormone in most uh, humans has dropped by 50%. What peptides can do is remind the body how to make that growth hormone again in a natural way. So instead of putting exogenous hormones into the body, we can just retrain your body on how to make the hormones on its own with peptides. And so there's a distinction here that I want to make because for anyone that has used growth hormone or anyone that has used specifically testosterone, what ends up happening is your body senses that this testosterone, or as I understand it, uh, that your body senses this, this other form of testosterone, so it triggers the body to not produce it at the level that maybe it was or it could Whereas peptides operated differently than that, right? This is more of like an activator as opposed to a supplement to something that your body needs. Is that accurate? Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, the way I looked at it is there's got to be a way that we can use more natural processes and do it in a way that's, that's very safe and very effective. And growth hormone in a lot of the studies is shown to be very safe. But the problem is if your body's in a pro-growth stage all the time, then that can feed things like cancer. And so when you use a peptide, for example, to stimulate growth hormone, you get a 30-minute flush of an increase of growth hormone by about seven times. So that small little window, that small little secretion of growth hormone makes all the difference when it comes to recovery, but it's not continually in your body like growth hormone would be. Similar to testosterone, our bodies go through a process called aromatization where if you're putting too much testosterone in your body, then estrogen will come and start eating it up. And then for a man, that's not very great to end up uh, having what's called andropause. So when your estrogen levels rise and your testosterone levels plummet, you're like, well, I've been using testosterone replacement therapy, but now I don't feel good on it. What once gave you motivation, you have pep in your step, you feel more, more desire, you know, from a libido perspective, you notice that there's a reward system because uh, testosterone is one of the mitigators and, and modulators for dopamine. But when it stops working, it's almost like you go off a cliff. And so uh, with peptides, there's ways of, of supplementing it. Even if we're using like a microdose of testosterone, we can still work on upstream pathways like with gonadarellin or kispectin to get your body's own endogenous or the internal production of testosterone made. And that's your best source. When it comes from your own body, when you're, using, when you're uh, getting high on your own supply, your body does so much better. Do you love the podcast and the book and wonder what the next step should be on your lifestyle investor journey? 
For a limited time, my team is doing free personalized consultation calls to learn more about your goals and determine which of our courses or masterminds will help you get to the next level. Whether that's to make your first investment or to create your first income stream of passive income, or whether that's to achieve ultimate financial freedom. If you'd like to reserve a spot, head over to lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash consultation to book a free strategy session while they're still available. Again, that's lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash consultation. Yeah, that's fascinating. And so with peptides, I know they're becoming a lot more popular, a lot more mainstream, which I think is great. I'm glad more people are learning about them. But are there any that are not synthetic? I feel like a lot of the stuff that people are putting in their body is synthetic these days and just it's artificial made in the lab. I'm curious what the world of peptides is around that. Yeah, so peptides, the raw material is, you know, originally, so we use a lot of bioregulator peptides. The raw material is plants or animals. And these are sequenced in compounded pharmacies. Uh, they follow all the, the stringent FDA criteria. But most people will go online and they'll order peptides from, you know, you can get for research use only, or if you get a bottle and it says not for human consumption. We've tested some of those peptides and there's many reputable companies, but there are several out there that you're just not getting the full amino acid profile. So what you think you're putting into your body, you're not really getting it. And the purity isn't always there. So if you are using those kind of, uh, we call it off-label or peptides from the black market, which 80% of people who are using peptides are using that, that type, you're just not going to have the same benefit. And then please don't go on blog and say peptides don't work because you've actually never given it a full shake. And even some doctors are using peptides and they'll, they'll put you on the same peptide for months on, on end. And, and for those of us who have been working with peptides for over a decade, we get a little frustrated with it because there's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way. You want to open up the pathways and stimulate the pathways for one or two months and then shift off those peptides and get on new ones. And so because all peptides are doing is reminding your body how to function. It's not, they're not a drug. It's not meant to suppress a symptom. It's not meant to uh, achieve an outcome. They're just meant to remind your body how to heal itself. Yeah. So you're putting amino acids, which are the basic compounds of our body that make up our body into the system to kind of stimulate growth hormone, to stimulate like some of the body functioning the way that it should, that it needs to. I'm curious, are there any downsides to peptides? Like I'm sure there are some side effects on some of them, right? But I'm, I'm curious, even longer term, if there's anything to be concerned with the way that, like, for example, I know a lot of people that have been on testosterone for a long time and, and they say, gosh, I wish I would have never gotten on or, you know, at this point in my life, like I can't get off of it. And, and there's a lot of other prescription drugs that are that way where kind of once you start, you're kind of in this thing because your body just stops producing it. So I'm curious, both short term and long term, what does that look like? And that's a great question because, and I, I don't mean to sound super sciencey, but it depends, right? Because biology, I can put a, a singular input into your biology and you'll get a single response. And then I can take 10 other people and they may get different responses. So that's where we uh, always look at blood labs. We take a very thorough perspective on those. And then we're constantly working with our patients. You know, I met with a 
one of my patients earlier today, and we put her on a, a peptide BPC-157. And that's a peptide that helps stimulate nitric oxide. It's really good to heal the connective tissue. She had a lot of gut issues as well. And the problem is she was supposed to take a nasal spray with it uh, called VIP or vasoactive intestinal peptide. And she was not taking those together. And so that created some side effects where she felt like her heart was racing. So, but you know, now we've got her back on the VIP and she's going to be fine. But some of the side effects we see are very mild. It can be kind of a flushing sensation uh, like she was having some heart palpitations. They don't last more than about three to five minutes. One of the, the most popular peptide that I mentioned earlier is called semaglutide or ozembic is the pharmaceutical name. That's the one where people have the most side effects because it delays gastric emptying. And so a lot of people feel kind of nauseated on it. If you dose it up too high, that could be problematic. People are losing muscle mass. So we see people ending up, you know, being on that because the studies, the major study, the pioneer study, they kept people on that, that medication, that peptide for 68 weeks. And it's just too long. And that's, but it lowered hemoglobin A1C by 2%. People lost an average 30 pounds or 15% of their total body mass. I mean, it's just like a miraculous peptide. But if you're not doing it the right way, then people can lose muscle mass. And then you have a whole nother issue, which is called sarcopenia that you've got to deal with. And so, um, so those are some of the, the side effects, but some of the peptides, like the growth hormone Socratagogues, uh, one's called tessamorelin and it's been studied. It was, it passed through the phase three of the clinical trials back in 2012, but it's used for HIV patients who have lipodystrophy or a lot of accumulation of adipose fat and a loss of muscle mass. And those participants, they found very, uh, they had it very well tolerated the peptide for long term for over two years. And we see those to be incredibly safe as long as you have five days on, two days off, or as long as you do it as prescribed, they're pretty darn safe. So what's the difference between insulin and between terzepatide or some other peptide that you're injecting? So you've got someone with diabetes who... They have to take insulin, right? Yep. And then you've got someone who doesn't, but it's a similar protocol, right? Yep. I'm curious on the difference there. It's a great question because peptides, some peptides can be, uh, they function as an enzyme. Like one of my favorite peptides is called epitalin. And what epitalin does is it's a telomerase enzyme. So it lengthens the telomeres on the end of your DNA. So it's a way of silencing your DNA so that you get better cellular expression. You feel more energetic. It also resets that, that stress response from cortisol in the body. So a lot of my, a lot of the clients I work with, they're entrepreneurial, they're high stress. They are people that you and I spoke about that they need your program instead of being addicted to more and more and more. Like when you had your trailer park investment, and you said that just took care of my active income and your friends are like, you've just doubled your revenue. And you said, no, I just bought my time back. People need more of that. But epitalin's a way of resetting that so that the stress can get mitigated. And then some peptides work as just a cell structure component. So you think of ARA290, that peptide helps create better structure in the red blood cells. So you have better oxygen transportation. IGF-1, that unlocks BDNF, so it's really good for the brain. And then other peptides like insulin, they work uh, similar to a hormone. 
And so they have more long acting, more binding potential. And so somebody who's on like trizepatide, for example, and on insulin, usually we would combine those because it can drop their blood sugar too low. So there's very rare cases that will do that if they're on small amounts of insulin. Or one of my patients who's a physician, he was on insulin. And so he monitored his blood sugar really well. And so over the course of 90 days, we were able to get him off his insulin with using trizepatide specifically. We added in BPC-157 and tessamorelin with that. And uh, he's been able to put on muscle mass. The, the real secret to getting rid of diabetes type two specifically is add 15 pounds of muscle mass in exchange for fat. And it's funny. It just, it melts away. The diabetes goes. That's incredible. Well, I mean, what a powerful recognition and realization that you can help your clients with. I think that's great. One of the things I think is really cool about what you guys do there at East West is you do these very comprehensive labs. And I'd love for you to talk about that because I've gone through your program and I've been very impressed with your program. And I got a chance not only to do labs at what for me was a, a considerable discount to what typically doing blood has been. So, you know, my goal is to once a quarter be doing basically just testing all different types of things with my blood just to see where I'm going. I think a lot of your health experts, longevity experts are kind of in, in this place where they want to get these readings quarterly. And I think I hope more people start doing that. So when I did your program, not only did we test like 20 different vials being sent off, but you had kind of like a package deal for all of it. And, and then the report that you gave me was incredibly thorough, just so comprehensive. I'd love for you to talk about that. Yeah, happy to. And because my frustration in my own health journey was if I would have had the correct labs ran years ago, it could have saved me so much stress and so much uh, sickness, poor health. So the labs we run, uh, it's called functional blood chemistry. I've, I've trained about 1,500 doctors on the process. I love it uh, because what we do is we take the normal lab values and we narrow those. So you'll see what typically will show up on your conventional labs as being low or high. Those are just averages. So you take the average of 90% of Americans, and as long as you fit in into those averages, you're considered healthy. There's It's a WNL, within normal limits. And so I'm in the longevity space, and so I want to optimize all your levels. And so you'll see ours are yellow, red, and pink. And the yellow is when people are outside of optimal ranges. So I had a patient a little while back. She came to me and she said, hey, I've got congestive heart failure. My doctor wants to put a pacemaker in. And I said, hey, I, I had the world's leading cardiologist, Earl Bakken, founded my school. He's the inventor of the pacemaker. He showed us how not to get people on the pacemaker. Give me six months and then I'll send you back to your cardiologist. And so don't do anything drastic. So, so we ran her blood labs and she said, no one's ever looked at my ferritin. No one's ever looked at my homocysteine. These are two really important markers, even her fibrinogen, really important markers when it comes to cardiovascular health. And then we ran another test that showed all the oxidative stress markers. And all we did is we gave her peptides. We started reversing those. We changed her lifestyle. And six months later, I said, all right, time to go back to your cardiologist and uh, he ran her he ran her through all the testing for congestive heart failure, and he sent us a note back. He said, "I don't know what you've done, but you've reversed her uh, congestive heart failure. She's no longer in threat." And so, 
we see that all the time. And the same cardiologist has sent other patients to us now and saying, hey, you guys know something that exists that I don't, and I want to collaborate. And that's some of the most exciting things that can happen. But we couldn't get her to that position if we didn't actually run the right tests. And unfortunately, even though she's seeing great cardiologists up here at the University of Utah, the markers weren't being ran to actually help understand what to do from a lifestyle perspective to reverse the condition. Yeah, my experience, and by the way, I I am very good about making sure that I'm seeing great doctors that are best in class. And I can tell you that uh, over years of my life, I've, I've gotten my blood labs run and outside of one other time, which is just recent that you and I talked about, I have not had as thorough of uh, a lab run as what you do and have discussed some of the levels, like some of the things that you discussed were foreign to me. I'd never heard them from any other doctor or any other lab technician going through various labs. And again, I try and do them once a quarter. So I have ample opportunity to analyze labs. So I just think if, if we can optimize health, if we can, first of all, you need the data to be able to make improvement, right? So whatever you track, you can improve. If you're not tracking it, you're probably gonna have a hard time improving it. So you need the data. And then the frequency of that data, I think is really, really important. And so to do something quarterly, I I think is powerful. So I love all the programs you're doing. In fact, I love the programs you're doing so much. The Lifestyle Investor Mastermind community, a portion of our community is coming out to your facility here in a few weeks, which we're excited about. We're going to do a, you know, a session with you guys for the day. We're going to do labs ahead of time. We're going to do a bunch of other cool things. So I'd love for you to share just many of the cool programs, products that you have in your facility that people go through. Well, and I can't wait to have you guys out, not only because I get to learn from you and there's a couple other friends that will be attending, but I really, I love getting people together focused on health. And so what we're going to do is we'll take everyone through our, we have biohacking, we have a whole biohacking room. So we use uh, PEMF, uh, we have the Halo device that, that people use. We use Nano V. Nano V is essentially it's structured oxygen that gets rid of those misfolded proteins and oxidative stress in the body. A lot of UFC fighters use this for all the head trauma, NFL football players. So every single person will go through that. We're going to put vitamin IVs in all of your your mastermind attendees. Uh, Everyone will get acupuncture. And then we're going to have my favorite, which is a peptide party. So I'll be passing around some of uh, my favorite peptides to get everybody's brain in a creative state, to get people in a healing mode. And then I'll also take a deep dive into what the lab markers mean. Because just like you, you know, when we went through your lab check, I had no idea what that marker is. And so I try to explain it in a way that's super simple. But when I do it as a group, then everybody gets educated 10 times better because other people are asking questions that you didn't think to ask. And so uh, we'll go through everybody's labs one-on-one when they're there as well. And so uh, it's going to be a really fun, fun experience. Oh, I love it. Well, I'm excited. And and everything that you're talking about here is becoming very mainstream. I mean, this is like in the gym that I work out in here in Austin, there is a peptide bar. There is like an IV room. <laughs> There's a company yeah. called Alive and Well that does a lot of this. And there are a bunch of companies out there that do it. I'm just friends with the founder. And so they just do incredible work and all these different options, which is cool. And I just love seeing it being plugged into the facility 
So you have like a one-stop shop for everything, everything, biohacking, everything, health, wellness, longevity. So I think you're doing it right. Uh, You've got a lot of people flying in to your studio, your lab, your setup there, which is cool. And uh, we are just thrilled to spend some time with you. So, hey, where can our audience learn more about you, Reagan? Easiest places they can go to thepeptideexpert.com. And there we've got uh, free downloads. So if you love reading, I've got several books that I've written, but we've got a, a free PDF of one of my books. And then you'll get my Fitness 50 at Age 100 tool. So Dan Sullivan, he's been a patient, a client of mine, and I'm in his lifetime extender group that now is called the Age Reversal Future. But he asked me to create a tool called Fitness 50 at Age 100. And he said, what do I need to be doing when I'm 100 that a fit 50-year-old can do? And he's 78 now, almost 79. And so I, I put together, based on research, 11 different exercises. And so Everyone in your group, they'll get a free download of that so they can give themselves a grade to see if they're in the fit, fitter, or fittest category. And if you're under 50, then I've got my fitness 25 at age 50. So Justin, I'll be sending that one to you and then you can see what category you land in. Love it. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you sharing so much advice, so much insight, just so much content around peptides, longevity, and labs, and just so much that very few people know a lot about. And I love ending every episode that I do in hopes that our audience will take some action today. So I want to ask all of our listeners, all of you tuning in, watching us on YouTube, here's my question for you. What's one step that you can take today to move towards financial freedom and really towards living a life that you truly desire, one that's on your terms, not by default, but rather by design. Thanks so much, and we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. You can also leave an honest rating and review over on iTunes. Not only do I read every single one, but it also helps me understand what content matters the most to our audience. And if you can think of one or two people who would benefit from this episode, would you mind sharing it with them right now? Who knows? Maybe they'll buy you something nice when they make their first million. If you would like access to today's show notes, including links to all resources mentioned, visit www.lifestyleinvestor.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you next week for another episode of The Lifestyle Investor. This podcast is being made available exclusively to financially sophisticated, high net worth individuals capable of evaluating the merits and risks of investments. The material presented in this podcast is not intended to be investment advice or to recommend the purchase or sale of any security, nor is it intended to be legal, accounting, or tax advice. You should consult with your legal, tax, or financial advisor in connection with any material discussed on this podcast. Past performance is not indicative nor a guarantee of future results. Certain materials discussed on this podcast may have been prepared by third parties, which have been obtained from sources that we believe to be accurate and current. However, we make no representation or warranty as to the accuracy, completeness, or currency of such materials.